Welcome to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina. Your favorite podcast about mind, body, and soul. Welcome. This is Lisa, and you are listening to Those Catholic Shrinks with Lisa and Regina. Today's podcast is another part in our Understanding Teenagers series, Mm. and we're going to be talking about responsibility. Fun one. <laughs> yes, this comes up a lot for me in conversations with parents. Yes. Not as much in conversations <laughs> with the teenagers themselves. Uh, this is true. But it's funny, today the tea that I'm drinking is the same from last time, actually. Mm-hmm. It's the love tea. And I love it because, partly because it is very wintry, but it's also caffeine-free. Yes. And I've already had my allotted cup of coffee for the day, so... <laughs> Um, I'm expecting again in April, so I've got to find all these alternative teas that, yes. thank goodness for them. You know, there's so many things you can't have. The love tea is back. <laughs> well, and I feel like in the tea world, there's so many more options these days than there were like even 10 years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, before it was like green tea, chamomile, and like right. English Earl breakfast. Yeah, yeah. English breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah, three teas, choose. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like, we have that fun little shop down Edgewater, um, Infusion Tea, and they just have, like, a massive wall of tea. Shout out to Infusion. We yes. are we are fans. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode from Infusion one day. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. I love that. Yes. Yes. I just thought of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, teenagers <laughs> and responsibility. <laughs> um, yes, and, you know... Parenting, what is it ultimately about? Preparing your child for adulthood. And one of the ways to make sure your teenager is prepared is by giving them more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And the teenagers in general, I feel like, are such a hard time for parents. I feel like I have similar conversations constantly about, you know, should I let them do this? Should I not? Um... You know, they're not listening to me anymore. Mm. And it's just this, it's a completely different developmental stage. I mean, I'm I'm sure all you parents know the mood swings, the, you know, it's not so easy to just say, oh, go into that room and get that for me. Or, or, oh, can you put this dish away? They're going to be like, no, do it yourself. (laughs) I'm not doing that, mom. I'm on my phone right now, right? So it's a completely different animal as far as, how your parenting approaches have to go. Yeah. How can you, again, affirm your child, affirm that desire to be independent because mm-hmm. in a few short years, they're going to not be living with you anymore, but also do it in a way that's still under your supervision. Like you don't feel like you have to panic. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't com- <laughs> you don't completely take your hands off the wheel just yet. Yeah. I agree because, and I think working in a high school, I, I see this perspective a lot is, you know, Freshman and sophomore year, parents aren't thinking about it as much, mm-hmm. but it's usually like right at the end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year, where it's like, oh, I'm really worried about how responsible they are because they mm-hmm. start to realize in a couple of years, and mm-hmm. by a couple, I mean two years, mm-hmm. I literally have no more control. Mm-hmm. You know, you do in a certain extent, and this is the conversation I have with teenagers where they're like, I'm going to turn 18 and I'm an adult. And it's like, <laughs> I'm do whatever I want. Yes, friend. And where are you going to get your money from? Right. (laughs) Where are you going to get your car from? Mm -hmm. Are you going to get a job? What about insurance? So, you know, you're still dependent upon your parents in a lot of ways. So, you know, on one side, I'm having a conversation about 
you're not completely and totally independent. Right. And on the other side, it's, you know, as parents, you have to realize that event in two years, if they choose to do A, B, or C, you literally have zero legal recourse anymore. Absolutely. Um, and so you don't want to be at that point where that's the game of chicken that you're playing, mm-hmm. you know, and... I see that often where it does, it becomes a game of chicken. Well, if you don't let me do this, then I'm going to, I'm going to leave and I'm just going to do whatever I want. Right. Once I turn 18, I'm out the door. Right. Um, or you're under my house, my rules, and it's this butting heads mm-hmm. of no one's backing down and not enjoyable for either of you. Exactly. And as hard as it is to believe, there can be moments of enjoyment with your teenager. <laughs> <laughs> they may be far and few between. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Yeah. And I think one of the things you mentioned at the beginning, you know, should I let my teenager do this? I think when we talk about responsibility, there's two there's two things, two categories we can put it in. Mm-hmm. Responsibility when you go to do something fun and responsibility when to tasks and duties that you have that aren't necessarily fun. Mm. So like, am I going to give them the responsibility to be able to go to islands of adventure for the day without any parents? Mm. And there is a level of responsibility that comes with that, and that's a fun thing. Right. And am I going to give them the responsibility to be the one who pays attention to their grades, and I'm not the one who's constantly watching their grades every day saying, did you do your homework? Right. And so those are two different types of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And teenagers are always going to demand more of always. the fun responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then some teenagers, not all, but some teenagers will just make it as though the non-fun responsibilities are yours. Mm. So that's a fun little dynamic that gets played out sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's understanding that there are some things like, yeah, like as a senior, should they be allowed to go and do A, B, and C that's fun? Like go to that football game or go to that concert, like it depends on the relationship and the history that's come before it, right. but that is the eventual goal that mm-hmm. as a senior you can give that uh, that responsibility because they have a proven track record right. that comes before it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and being creative and thinking about what are those areas that you as a parent feel comfortable giving control, mm-hmm. right? We had mentioned earlier, you know, can a 16-year-old make their own lunch? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have to continue making lunch every day for your teenager? <clears throat> I would argue no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of really small moments in day-to-day life where you can be giving them that responsibility, like the mm-hmm. homework. Um, and it also is a free deposit for you into their emotional bank account. Yeah. Right? So when you, the more you give your child control in, over these easy, simple things like lunchbox and what shoes they're going to wear and I don't know what music they want to choose to play in the car with you right I mean obviously we all have our moments where we're sick of certain music and we need you know it needs to be your turn that's fine (laughs) not saying they get to demand constant music but um every little moment that you can give them that choice what do you want to listen to oh mm-hmm. you can take care you're old enough to take care of your lunch now or how about you do the laundry this weekend or whatever it is mm-hmm. are free deposits into their emotional bank account mm-hmm. so you're filling you're making that fat cash pad like <laughs> <laughs> right you're getting nice cushion <laughs> so that when you have to withdraw mm-hmm. and say nope not comfortable with this party you're not going 
there's still money left in the bank account. Yeah. So the more that they do have control over, the more likely they are going to be to listen to you when you have to lay down the law. Mm -hmm. Because they feel that mutual respect. They feel that independence and, like, you view them almost as another mini-adult. Yeah, yeah. And because you're investing in them that way, and you're saying because giving of responsibility to them also means giving up control for you. Mm-hmm. Like, giving up control naturally comes with giving of responsibility. Mm-hmm. They go hand in hand. You can't give one without the other. Right. And so what you're saying by giving up control and by giving them responsibility is, I trust you. Mm-hmm. and I trust in your abilities. I trust your ability to make good choices. I trust your ability to follow through on things. Mm-hmm. And then with the response when eventually they're not going to live up to the responsibility because they're human. Right. And it's not just because they're teenagers. It's because they're human. Mm-hmm. We all have responsibilities that we fall short of the mark on. Mm-hmm. And so if you're then lovingly saying, okay, how are we going to respond to this, Mm -hmm. they start having a better internal sense that like, I'm capable, Mm -hmm. I can do things. And when I mess up, not if, when I mess up, it's not the end of the world. And I have a parent to whom I can go Mm -hmm. and talk through the issue with. Absolutely. And when that mistake does happen, trying to avoid pouncing on them and saying, (laughs) see, I knew I shouldn't have let you go there and that's why blah, blah, blah. But saying, you know, or see, I knew I should have been on top of your homework. You just failed this test, mm-hmm. right? Of saying, oh, wow, that you're, you have a D in sociology. Like, what are you going to do about that? And turning it back around on them of saying, mm-hmm. wow, that must be really upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I feel about it. <laughs> like, well, Mr. So-and-so is so stupid and he doesn't let me have... Like, he won't let me turn in my late work and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? And that's reinforcing that it is their responsibility and their choice. They got themselves into that situation. They need to figure out a way to get themselves out. And when they're on the other side of hopefully bringing that D up to a B, Mm -hmm. if not, oh, well, that's a natural consequence of what they chose to do, right? Choices, what are those areas you can let control over? But if they come out on the other side and find a way to raise that grade without input from you, mm-hmm. can you imagine how confident your child is going to feel knowing that going off to college, knowing that they are capable, like you said, of solving something on their own? Yeah, absolutely. You gave them that gift of... <laughs> Teaching them that they are able to do it. Yeah, and I think we don't think of it that way, but I Mm -hmm. love the way you phrase that. It's Mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, my giving up control is the gift I give to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think another important point I was kind of thinking about as you were talking is is by giving up that control, which, okay, so you're a teenager, you're in high school. Like, that means I can't be hovering over you watching your grades at all time. Right. And by giving up that control, that means I'm also... Putting out there is a possibility that you're going to fail a class. Mm-hmm. And part of this giving of responsibility is also an acknowledgement that as a parent, my job is, what we once said before, to prepare you for adulthood. Right. But that also means that I cannot protect you. I have to acknowledge that I cannot protect you from all negative experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, either self-created 
or not self-created. Right. You know, I'm going to let you go to this party because I know the parents and I've kind of done some background work, but I can't protect you from whether or not somebody's going to sneak alcohol in there. And that's not a choice that you made. Right. You know, so understanding as parents that when we give responsibility over, when we give control over, we can't protect them from everything. Right. And that's why this is a slow process too. Mm-hmm. This isn't just overnight, you're responsible for yourself. Right. It's, you know, these are small things that are begun, even I would say, even as like toddlers, yes, you know? absolutely. So in the mornings, like once Jimmy's able to dress himself a little bit more, I'm going to start giving him options. Mm-hmm. Like, here's your choices of, now I'm not going to let him wear like his Star Wars, like Stormtrooper <laughs> uniform to school, but I will say, here's the options of clothes that you have to choose from. And if he chooses something that looks absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. yes, the natural consequence is some of his friends might say something. Right. And I can't protect him from everything. So right. he comes back, he talks to me about how he felt about that. Next morning, we put out the options of clothes. Okay, remember yesterday what happened? Now, how can we change your choices mm-hmm. to make today better? Mm-hmm. And do you want to follow through on your funky clothing option? <laughs> sure. <laughs> that means that you're going to have to find a way to respond to people differently. Right. And that means you're going to have to accept that sometimes people are going to make fun of you because of the clothes you wear. Right. And are you okay with that? No? Okay, well, let's maybe try to find a different... So it's starting in toddlerhood, and that moves up through, and you slowly give them more and more. more. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, it was interesting. I actually... Um, got a text message from my uh, my friend Amanda the other day that her daughter had cooked dinner for them, the whole family. Mm. And, I mean, it was like, I think she was talking like a pork tenderloin. Wow. Like with a mushroom sauce, if I remember correctly. Oh. Her daughter is in elementary school. Wow. And I remember thinking, I'm so surprised <laughs> that she was capable of doing that. Right. But that's Amanda doing this beautiful thing of saying, like, I'm looking at your talents and your gifts and your abilities, and I think you are ready for the responsibility of doing this. Right. And like you were saying, the emotional investment that she put into her daughter saying, I trust you to cook dinner for the whole family. Right. You know? And so it's a slow part. Would I let Jimmy cook dinner for us? <laughs> no, clearly not. I would not let him pack his own lunch at this age. But it's a slow process. Right. You know, so you're not just kind of pushing them off the emotional cliff of responsibility, mm-hmm. which is also pushing yourself off that emotional yeah, and that's what we mean by talking about what are those areas in your life, in your normal family life, that you can be giving up that control because there's just so many perfect little opportunities to be able to do that. And the more you're able to do that, the more confidence your child's going to do. And also, I like to think of it as an experiment. What I tell parents is hmm. this is a way for you to test and find out if your parenting is working. you're giving them the responsibility and now you can sit back like behind the glass window (laughs) (laughs) and observe and see how they do Mm -hmm. right because that's really what it is and you'll be there to support them regardless of if it's a negative consequence or positive you could surprise yourself and find out Mm -hmm. you know they you know they showed up at the party and someone came in with alcohol you thought it was a trustworthy situation and it was a mistake you might find out that your child makes an awesome choice and yeah. calls you right away and asks to be picked up or takes all their friends away and they run to a house down the street or something. Yeah. Like You never know unless you are willing to, again, let go of the control a little bit to mm-hmm. test and see how well prepared they are. You will never find out yeah. if you're the one always in control. Yeah, yeah. 
And just to, to, you know, give hope to parents of teenagers out there, I would say at least once a year I hear a story of a, a teenager will come to tell, and tell me, yeah, I went to this party and I thought it was going to be okay and it got not good and fast and I called my parents and I had them come pick me up. So they do it. <laughs> it's not just like in theory, like maybe I'll tell my kids you can call me anytime and like they're really not going. No, they'll do it. Like if you put in the background work, if you put in that background effort and you've made those emotional investments in them, um, then no, some teenagers do it. Right. They really do. Right, absolutely. And kind of what I like, I like that idea that you were talking about, about the idea of an experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and again, seeing parenting as, you know, preparing them for adulthood, you know, and so... It's a way for us to, to say, like, I'm not, I can't do everything perfectly. I can't predict everything that's going to come down the road. Right. And so what are the areas that I need to improve on as a parent? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, seeing that, that experiment not as an opportunity to be like, ha-ha, I caught you. Right. But to see it as an opportunity to problem solve with them. And what's beautiful about natural consequences, too, is it kind of makes you not the bad guy. Yes. That's a beautiful part about natural consequences. Mm -hmm. When you give them the responsibility, you stop being the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'm sorry you made that choice. That's really rough. Right. You can empathize with it, but when you allow the natural consequence to occur, it's not you nagging them and turning into you're the mean parent all the time. It's, Mm -hmm. well, your choice caused that negative experience, not me. Like. Mm -hmm. The grounding, like, yes, and there is a place for grounding kids and um, right. things like that. But, um, you know, there's there's natural things that just kind of happen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't, you didn't prepare for that project until the night before? Mm-hmm. Like, your lack of preparing is what's causing you to get the bad grade. Right. Or you forgot you, your lunch that oh. you're responsible to pack. Yes. Should you or should you not bring... The lunch to school. <laughs> That's a wonderful natural consequence. Mm-hmm. One one skipped lunch is not going to make your child die. They're they're well fed in the morning, well fed at night. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, but one skipped lunch of you know when they call you say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy at work today. I wish I could help, but unfortunately I can't. You're off the hook. Yep. Oh, I have a big meeting with the boss today, honey. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Right? And that is, again, they feel the weight of that responsibility of not taking, like, well, this is what happens when I forget something. Mm -hmm. And that's how the real world works. Yeah. You know, when we forget things or we don't remember, we have to live with that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a small, easy way to let your child experience that, to learn it in a very non-consequential way. Yeah. So that when the big adult consequences come in life, yes, huge. they're going to be prepared. Huge. And I think this is a big thing. This is the way I kind of conceptualize natural consequences. And um, I got this from um, a boundaries book. And it talks about, you can, you can think of natural consequences as though, you know, your child has a house next to yours. Like you're both like neighbors mm-hmm. and you both have lawns. And your child's lawn is green and lush and beautiful. And yours is dead and dying. It's like, why is my grass dead and dying? Because you've turned your sprinklers, because your child is not watering their own lawn. So you've turned your sprinklers onto theirs, because you can see their lawn is dying. 
But what that means is your lawn is dying. So what happens is you're running around having to leave work early to go and drop off a lunch and Mm -hmm. now you're in trouble with your boss and now Mm -hmm. you're late on this assignment and that assignment and you also have fewer sick hours because you had to do this and Mm -hmm. so your lawn is dying. Mm -hmm. And your kid just magically has this beautifully packed and prepared (laughs) lunch show up for them and their grass is green and beautiful. And they get to walk around thinking, I'm a responsible human being because they've never seen any consequences come from it. And so now consequences are painful, yes. And so that does mean you have to watch your child be uncomfortable or not be successful at something, fail at something. Mm -hmm. Um, So that will happen. But what will happen in the alternative is if you don't teach them what those natural consequences are now, like you said, they're going to learn what that is when you can't help them anymore. Right. You know, when they make the choice to drink and then get in a car and then they have a DUI and there is nothing Nothing. you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Or when they go to college and you've been hounding them and hounding them and hounding them on their homework and been helping them and you've been fighting with the teachers for their grades and then they get to college and you go to call up the deans and this sounds ridiculous, but I kid you not, I've talked to people in colleges and this happens. Mm -hmm. Parents will call the dean and say, I want to talk to you, or we'll email the professor. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about my child's grade. They are legally not allowed to. Right. They are 18 years old, and there's nothing you as a parent can do. Mm-hmm. And then they fell out of college. Yeah. You know, because you didn't want them time and time and time again to get a bad grade on that homework, or get a bad grade on a quiz, or get a bad grade on an essay that they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then there will come a point where you can't do anything. Right. There's a transition from hyper-protection to moving mm. towards that independence, yeah, right? Yeah, I like that. When you're a toddler, it's protection mode, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know that cars going back and forth in the street are a danger to me, so we're going to just grab you, and this isn't a discussion, and... Yes. Right? But a teenager, we have some flexibility of what does the word protection mean? Yes. Right? Do we need to protect against the bad grades? You know, that's that's up for debate. Do we mm-hmm. need to do that? You know, versus protection, you know, do they get to have a sports car as their first car or something? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's lots of ways to think about how responsibility can or can't be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. And part of that is also based on the, the child's personality too. Right. You know, I mean, I have some teenagers that's like, okay, you're being hyper-responsible. Like, you need to take a breath. I am worried about you. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. You have checklists of checklists of checklists. And they are so hyper responsible that they have that they're president of this club and captain of this team. And they're also volunteering at this organization. And they're, you know, horseback riding on the weekends. And they're also valedictorian. And it's like, okay, you're, whoa, whoa, it's okay. Yes. It's okay. You're allowed, you're allowed to get a B. Right. That's okay. <laughs> so you'll have those personalities. And then you have some kids, it's like, your alarm literally went off for the eighth time this morning. <laughs> like, you are you are an hour late, and you have not made it to homeroom on time once this week, <laughs> you know. But they're still good kids, and they're not getting into a lot of trouble, you know. So you'll have in personalities varying degrees. So there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution that fits for every teenager. You'll figure it out with the first one, and then the next one will throw you for completely. <laughs> um, but it is. It's an, I like what you said. Like it, It's this transition from hyper-protection to 
nebulous. Yes. Nebulous. Yes. <laughs> nebulous, messy. That's, these are good words for teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are running down on our time. So um, hopefully you have a little bit more insight into understanding your teenager, teenagers in your life. And uh, go, go make them responsible. <laughs> Tell them to pack their own lunch. <laughs> All right, see you later. <laughs>